Evelyn Snanek, come and read the Bible for us now. So if you open your Bibles up to Romans chapter 16. Hi, good morning everyone. This morning's passage is from Romans chapter 16, verses 1 to 16. It's Paul's personal greetings. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Centuria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives who have been in prison with me. They are standing among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Epilus, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me. Greet Asyncritus, Lilagogon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brothers with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send their greetings. Well, good morning and great to be with you this morning. And uh, thanks to Ange and the uh, church community for the invitation to share with you and some flexibility in the calendar. I was with you a couple of weeks ago, but uh, COVID finally caught up with me as well. Uh, in one of the busiest months of the year for me. But it's uh, great to be with you as uh, we celebrate at Baptist Mission Australia May Mission Month. And as we say, a very big thank you to you at Nawi for your long, um, outstanding commitment uh, to the work of Global Mission. So thank you for that, and particularly for the, uh, the workers, uh, the intercultural team members uh, from our mission community that you've faithfully supported over many years. And thank you for the Bible reading this morning. Someone at another church recently read that passage and a lady in the front row said, Hallelujah, having got through all those names together. So thank you. (laughs) I I got a letter in the mail recently. Been a while since some of you have probably seen those things. A letter in the mail, handwritten in, uh, in pen with some kind of uh, old kind of uh, shaky writing, and I'll come back and talk about that uh, soon. But I took that letter home. I showed it to my nine-year-old daughter, and uh, I had to explain to her what it was. 
And uh, she said to me, as she loves to say to me, Dad, you only got that letter sent to you because you're old enough to have written one yourself. She loves to tell me that I'm the oldest dad as I take her to school. When I got that letter, I was, I was reminded of my childhood and I would write to my cousins in Canberra. I lived in Newcastle and I would write to them and they would write back to me and I would write uh, back to them. Of course, no Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. And every letter that we would write, we had a competition to see who could write the most PSs. You know? PS, I love you. P.S.S. I love you even more. P.S.S. I can't wait to see you. And on that would go. The passage that we open up in God's word this morning is very much a P.S. It's a postscript to the end of a, a grand lofty letter, of course, that Paul writes to the church in Rome. Full of rich theology. Full of teaching around who God is and around sin and grace and the work of Jesus in the church. And at the end of this great letter, it's like Paul catches his breath. And he says to Tertius, his scribe, I want to celebrate. I want to remember. I want to give thanks for my friends, my co-workers, my partners in the good news. And if you go home today and read the passage again, in 16 verses, we get 27 names. 27 names of women and men in 16 verses. And we might stop and ask ourselves, well, what at the end of this grand letter is Paul doing here? He's celebrating the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. The mission of God in the hands of people like Apelles or Herodian, Persis or Andronicus. Celebrating the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people like you and I. I don't know about yourself. Got up this morning, got ready for church, looked in the mirror. Some of you might have said, God, thank you. There's no one better looking on earth. I certainly didn't say that. It's as good as it gets. But you know... As I look in that mirror, I remind myself of who I am. No matter what the world says about me or the expectations of the culture that I live in, I'm reminded I'm a loved child of God, that I am a follower of Jesus, and that I'm privileged and esteemed despite my inadequacies and my fears and, and my brokenness. As God puts me back together piece by piece like he does with you this morning, I'm reminded that I'm esteemed. And graciously invited to embrace his mission. To be the hands and feet of Jesus in this beautiful but broken world. Be that in Nawi, across Sydney, in Melbourne where I come from, or across the worlds. And we remind ourselves as we focus on mission today, having watched those uh, videos and talked about your great support, we of course remind ourselves this morning uh, that it's God's mission, that it's God at work, that Baptist Mission Australia isn't responsible for global mission, but we graciously inv are invited to join God at work as you are in this community. A God of mission, a God who calls us into mission, A God who allows ordinary people like us to be privileged to serve him. My 10-year-olds often says to me, Dad, I don't like that you called me Arlington. 
I got that name in as my wife, I think, was uh, still in the, the throes of labour. And he often says to me, Dad, I want a different name. I don't want to be called Arlington. And I say to him, Ali, go and read Romans 16. You could have been called Ampliatus. <laughs> and why do I mention Ampliatus, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people? The only time that we see this one person's name mentioned in all of Scripture. And what did Ampliatus do? He took the good news to Bulgaria. And in today, in modern Bulgaria, the Orthodox Church still sings songs of praise to God and mention the mission of Ampliatus. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And in this passage, we celebrate partnership. We celebrate, as we read, Paul describe co-workers, friends, partners in the gospel, people of the good news. In this passage, as we look at those 27 names, we celebrate and remind ourselves of the importance of partnership. And again, I thank you today for your partnership with us at Baptist Mission Australia. For 140 years, our mission community, representing our Baptist movement, has sent people across the world and into central and urban Australia to, to live out the hope of Jesus. I was in Adelaide over the last few days, and, and that's where we find our roots. We're a Baptist pastor in Flinders Street. In a midweek prayer meeting, boldly prayed that God might raise up Australian women and men to take the good news of Jesus to parts of the world. And together as a Baptist movement, we've done that now for 140 years in partnership together, a local church and, and, and mission organisation. And I, I appreciate and celebrate the fact this morning that you also support many other great mission organisations doing good things across Australia and the world. The power of partnership. One of the projects you're supporting today uh, is helping uh, Petra and Ben on the Silk Road on the other side of the world. The mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, Petra is uh, an occupational therapist. And she's taken those skills uh, to a country where so few people know the good news of Jesus. And in a country where children with disabilities are kind of shunned in a shame culture. My 10-year-old has a disability and he gets wonderful supports and services and very much a part of our community. But in that part of the world, kids push to the margins because they're disabilities. And there is Petra, who you're supporting, a young woman from Townsville who is saying, there is another way. There is another way as she shows the love and the grace and the goodness of God. As she comes alongside children and supports them, as she comes alongside families and embodies the good news of Jesus. Just recently, Petra spoke at a national health conference. She got up in an audience in this foreign place and she spoke in their language in ways that made sense to the people in that room. And health professionals from across the nation stood and gave her, this young Aussie, a standing ovation. A woman with a passion to serve Jesus practically and to bring the hope of the good news. And thank you for your support of her this May Mission Month. Let me go back to that letter. There I was opening this letter in my office, one of the few days I've been in the office, 
I started in this role on the 16th of March 2020 in Melbourne. I had two days in the office and then we closed the office. A great start to the role. I'm still meeting some of the team who I haven't met yet in terms of being on Zoom. But here's this letter and I open it up and it's shaky handwriting. It's written by a man who is 82 years old and he's telling me of the death of his wife who he's been married to for 60 years. There's a sense it was a very therapeutic, kind of cathartic letter as he writes to me. And he said, Scott, I want you to know that there wasn't a day that went by in my marriage that my wife did not pray for Baptist Mission Australia workers. It was her partnership. It was her gift. She prayed faithfully for workers around the world. And we, with small income, humbly gave as much as we could to support your work. And he said, my wife has a particular interest in the work that you do in Africa. I've got to admit, I put that letter down on my desk and had to kind of wipe a tear away from my eye because that's sacrificial partnership. I haven't prayed for our Baptist Mission Australia workers every day. But there was that woman who for 60 years had prayed, just as many of you are prayerful people for your workers around the world that you support. And then on the same day as I put that letter down, I had an email come in from a 16-year-old, the son of one of our workers in Malawi. And I'll tell you what, at my age, it was easier to open the letter than to work out how to get a video off a Google Drive clip file. And I finally got the video opened. And there is Clayton filming his dad, Tim Downs. Tim has been one of our workers, also from North Queensland, for more than a decade. Tim and Melanie in Malawi. And this beautiful story of partnership that you're a part of in our Australian Baptist movement. Tim tells the story of a young man called Dorgal. And Dorgal is about to lead his first Bible study. Dorgal has come to faith through first-generation Yao believers where our organisation, with your support, has been working for more than 25 years. And now we see first-generation Yao believers in that place where very few know Jesus in a way that makes sense. First-generation Yao believers making disciples of the next generation in that country. And here's Dorgal, a second-generation believer, about to lead his first Bible study, sitting on the ground on red dirt to lead a Bible study in a way that's culturally appropriate in that place. For some reason, Tim says he picked Ezekiel for his first Bible study. And then behind Dorgal is Philip. Philip, a first-generation Yao believer who has led Dorgal to the Lord. And there is Tim, one step back, with tears in his eyes, saying, that's what it's all about. That we had the opportunity to embrace God's invitation to mission, that someone like Philip would come to faith, that Dorgal would now come to faith, that the next generation of Yao believers would come to faith. And now we see thriving faith communities in that part of Malawi. And there was the video And there was the old man's letter, and they come together because of the power of partnership.
the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. 27 people called to be partners in the good news. Some who stayed in Rome. Some who went further afield. Some who went to the other side of the world. And also in this passage, we see Paul celebrate the power of unity. He talks about the brothers and sisters. He talks about the beloved He talks about the fact that they are extended family on mission together, friends. He calls them to greet each other with a holy kiss in pre-COVID days, of course. Maybe today he would have said to greet each other with the bump fist. I don't know about you, but I hate the bump fist. I coached my daughter's under-12 basketball team and we got smashed yesterday. And the coach of the other team comes up to give me a bump fist. I didn't need that. (laughs) Paul celebrates in this passage the power of unity and this powerful reminder that when we work together, when we live in unity, when we be a people who are unified, then God's mission flows. Because look at this. At the end of the 27 names, in 16 verses, celebrating the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, what is the first thing Paul says in verse 17? I appeal to you, my dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause division. He suddenly has kind of finished this grand letter. He celebrated his friends, his partners in the good news. He's affirmed the importance of partnership. And then immediately Paul says, watch out for disunity. Cherish unity. He reminds each one of us this morning that in this church community, every one of you has a part to play in cherishing and nurturing the unity that you celebrate. And it's true for churches across our country. It's true for our teams across the world that where there is unity, churches stepping out in mission, with that strong commitment that you have here at Nawi to local and global mission. But the reminder that every one of us has a role to play in that, that every one of us is called to mission, but every one of us is called to unity. If we were to get in our car today and drive around Australia and visit churches across the land, one thing is for sure, where we see disunity, we see see mission hindered, where we see disunity, we see churches rarely focusing on mission, but where there is unity, churches step out in mission together. The 27 names of ordinary people, the mission of God in their hands. The celebration of partnership, of how we come together, of how when you invest in our work and the work of other organisations like the Training Centre in PNG, the difference that we make as partners, the reminder that we are called to unity and the reminder that God has a plan and purpose for each one of us. While we celebrate Ben and Petra on the Silk Roads, or David and Carol and your support of them in Southeast Asia, or Ben and Petra on the Silk Road, Matt and Shannon in Central Australia. I'm reminded afresh of my calling, of your calling as a child of God. As Jesus says, just as the Father sent me, so I send you. 
that reminder today that each one of us are sent people. Sent people like Philip, who I recently met, not on the other side of the world, but in a suburban church like yours in northern Melbourne. And Philip told me his story. Philip told me how he often was weighed down by the thought of evangelism or discipleship. He felt he didn't have the skills or that, that, that God kind of wasn't using him. And so he stepped back and lived a fairly comfortable life and really talked about Jesus or really reached out to others around him. He came to a training session that we happened to run around the very theme of the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. And what did it look like to have his eyes open, his heart open to the fact that God was already at work in his community and God was inviting Philip to step into that. During the first lockdown in Melbourne, a neighbour, a new person moves in next to Philip, Mark, an older Vietnamese man. Doesn't speak a lot of English, but enough that they could begin to say hello and converse over the, the fence. Philip is struck by the sense that God might, you have put Mark there. Might this be my opportunity to be that ordinary person who makes a difference in Mark's life? They began to chat over the back fence. Philip began to, to mow the, the grass verge out the front of uh, Mark's house. It turns out that Mark uh, experienced some racism in his earlier life when he came to Australia and he, he associated that with the church. There were barriers to be broken down. There were bridges to be crossed. Uh, Philip needed to move outside his, his comfort zone. Out of lockdown, he went to the library and he began to read books about Vietnam and Buddhism. Even began to practice cooking Vietnamese food. A friendship was developed, a relationship was forging. Out of lockdown, Philip invites Mark into his home and he cooks him a meal, his favourite meal, and Mark gives Philip a nine out of ten for his favourite Vietnamese dish. This afternoon, today on a Sunday afternoon, Philip and Mark meet in his house, and Philip's found three other Vietnamese men from a local other Baptist church who now come and they sit together in Philip's lounge room and they open up the scriptures in Mark's language. And Mark is journeying closer and closer to a relationship with Jesus. Philip, the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people, not on the other side of the world, but in suburbia like you and I. The reminder that God is at work in this community, that God is at work in your world, in your family, in your street, in your neighbourhood. The theme of our May Mission Month is crossing the street. Our workers cross the street around the world and they can only do that with your support. So thank you for your investment in the kingdom. But we're reminded afresh this morning of our challenge, of my challenge, of what does it mean for you and I to cross the street in our neighbourhood, in our workplace, in our sporting team, in our local community. And we come as we finish this morning to verse 25. We celebrate the mission of God in the hands of ordinary people. We celebrate partnership. And we get to verse 25. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, 
just as my good news says. In verse 27, all glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Leslie Newbigin says that when we step out and embrace God's gracious invitation to mission, we bring a doxology of praise to God. Matt and Shannon in Central Australia, Ben and Petra on the other side of the world, Dave and Kaz in Southeast Asia, you and I here, that when we step out this week as ordinary people with what we have in our hands and our heart and we embody the good news of Jesus together, Newbigin says we bring a doxology of praise to our God. We don't sing doxologies very often these days, do we? I grew up in a Presbyterian church, a really small church, St Ninian's, in Birmingham Gardens in Newcastle. And there was the organ, a little small organ. And there was Paul, who was a fairly big organist, belting out the doxology. And uh, we'd get uh, uh, interference from the local taxi service. So halfway through the doxology, you would get cab 34 to Wall's End. <laughs> and I still hold on to those memories. And you're very glad that I'm not leading you in worship this morning because I'm not a singer. But as I step out this week and remind myself I'm a loved child of God, as you step out this week and remind yourself that that is who you are, a child of God, a follower of Jesus, and you are esteemed like I am with the mission of God in our hands, as we have conversations, as we bring a meal, as we send a letter as we share the good news of Jesus, we bring a doxology of praise to our God. Will you join me as we pray together? Father, we thank you that that is who we are. Children of God. Loved by you. And so we say thank you again this morning for Jesus. We thank you again this morning for the cross, the resurrection, the empty tomb, that we might be in relationship with you. And we thank you that you esteem us and you privilege us with the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this beautiful and broken world. Thank you for every way that is happening in this community here at Nawi. Those things that are seen and unseen as we move out afresh this week into this community to bring good news, to be good news. Thank you for this church's partnership with Baptist Mission Australia and many other great organisations around the country and around the world. Lord, challenge us and encourage us. Remind us of the power of partnership. And we thank you, God, that as we step out this week, we have the privilege and the opportunity to bring glory to you. Glory to God. We thank you, King Jesus, for the privilege of serving you. Encourage us, challenge us to be your people this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.